everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. <laughs> that one peaked. I was that one to see hit how, how high I could get. <laughs> Not as good. high as I wanted, good. actually. Kind of. Yeah. Try that in the next recording we do. <laughs> Oh man, oh man. It is How's the your day, fourth, dude. Yeah, it's the day after fourth. Um I I feel good, you know. Uh I've been uh house sitting for uh my sister and brother-in-law, dog sitting for my sister and brother-in-law uh for this past weekend. Uh made sure that he was okay during the fourth. Man, you know, I've never been with a dog on the fourth of July, personally. And it's, it's just the worst day ever for that. It's like really it's awful. awful. Like them. it's nothing, yeah. nothing redeeming about it. It's not fun. It'll never be fun. Um, and one of my buddies uh, at work actually pointed out, uh, well, somebody that I work with pointed out something that was really interesting about how like the older generation definitely has a different level of sympathy for their pets these days where like, you know, everyone I know is freaked out about their dog on 4th of July, where I remember like, my, I feel like my parents and my grandparents is just like, what? Who cares? The dog's going to freak out. What are you going to just put it in a cage? Yeah, <laughs> Whatever, yeah. you know, and just like, it'll be fine. And like now we're thinking about like what kind of drugs we got to give the dog. Um, like, you know, there's like a YouTube playlist I found that was just like do calming your dog calming on 4th of July, <laughs> literally specifically for 4th of July. And it was just like nice, soft music and like dogs, like dogs running on the beach. And like uh, the dog I was taking care of, Sonny, was uh, chilling and kind of like watching it for a second before he like calmed down. But he was shaking all night uh, and I just felt terrible, but uh, he pulled through. Yeah, pulled dude, through. it's rough. I, uh, my family, we always had dogs growing up and uh, a dog growing up. And no matter what, whenever we went out, we'd always just like on the 4th of July as a family or whatever, or if we went to like my aunt and uncles, whatever it may be, we're like, well, we got to get home early because our dog's gonna literally like break in through a window <laughs> like, yeah which yeah. that i'm not exaggerating that's happened like my really um, my current dog serious yeah like smashed a wind to be fair it wasn't <laughs> it was like left open a little bit so he just like bust through the screen but like he had to make an effort to do it like he jumped yeah like to get it it was pretty pretty metal actually yeah. in retrospect dogs will destroy their cages they'll run away it's like the biggest day for like <gasps> runaway dogs be real. You just, be you real. just got it. I know I got the be real notification as well. Uh, God, this is just, of course, perfect timing. You want to tell uh, everyone about the, be real? Yeah. So for those of you that don't know about be real, you can go ahead and try and post while I'm doing it. So be, be real is a new social media app that me and Matt got into where you have it on your phone and for a random two minute window during the day, it asks you to post then and there. And you have two minutes to post and it, it takes a picture of your front facing camera and your back facing camera on your phone. And that is your one post for the day. And what's cool about it is it'll ask you at a random part of the day and you sort of get a sense of what everybody is doing right then and there, which is what I find to be really fun. It's sort of like a day in the life or like moment in the life of whoever your friends are. Only your close friends see it, sort of like Snapchat kind of thing. Um, and it's super cool. Did you, Brother, were you able to get your post in? Working. Yeah, honestly, is yours not working? This is this is my criticism of the app. It is it, it grew really quickly and it's gotten really big and it crashes every time you want to post, depending <laughs> on especially right now. Oh yeah, I got to put here. It just came up. Here we go. I'm yep, clicking on it. it. Take got my it. be real and it won't let me. I got I I was able to post it. You got forty minutes. You got forty seconds left to post it. <laughs> <laughs> bro i've been looking forward to this all day <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i'll see well you know some people that got me you'll see it. hey if you guys want to add me on be real you know hit me up in the discord and we'll i'll send you the friend code for for be real but it's been a fun social media app for the last couple of weeks uh katie got me on it i got mad on it we got a couple people in the discord on it for sure friends of the pod on it and um even even my sister uh, Chambers is on it. Oh, 10 seconds. Come on. Go, 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 go. We got to post. Okay, I think he got it. I think you got it, right? Oh, with one <laughs> fucking second. <laughs> All right. Oh. All right. I mean, we knew before we hit record here, me and Matt both knew that it was going to happen during recording. We we're like, oh, the notification hasn't come up today. It's definitely coming, right? And here it is. So that's, that's, you know what's, you know, it's kind of fun. Or interesting, if this becomes like a truly global application, 
They're gonna have to start thinking about time zones. I wonder if they already are thinking about that. You know? Yeah. How like, does like that I'm work? like I'm visiting Germany in two days in Europe, so I'm wondering if while I'm over there, uh, am I gonna get different B real times than you? Maybe. You know? That would be very very interesting. Because like yeah, who's gonna you know like I'm not gonna want my B real notification while I'm asleep and you're you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm interested to uh, see how that plays out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, that'll be that'll be good uh, to report back to the audience once you uh, once you get back from Germany. Um, by the way, Matt's leaving for Germany in like two days, everybody. So uh, that's yeah. that's happening. Pretty gassed, yeah. So knocking out some recordings this evening, and then going to be playing Kirby while I'm above the Atlantic, and uh, <laughs> which is great so far. I don't know if you started it. Have you started it? Uh, no, I just downloaded it last night, okay. but I am pretty excited to, uh, to jump into it when the, it's uh, very fun. Uh, when the time comes. Yeah. is is very fun. Time. I think it's pretty solid so far. Um, but yeah, uh, so Matt's, Matt's taking off. It's going to be great. Um, I know, I know you're going to have a great time over there in Germany and we, we've backlogged uh, enough episodes here to, uh, to keep us going during your time away. Um, and pretty much right when you get back, I think we'll be recording Kirby, uh, so that'll be really cool. And uh, so far, it's just been an amazing game. And thank you for everybody who voted on it. Uh, and by the way, Matt, where can people vote on the games that we play? Oh, gosh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone, you can vote. You can join our Discord and vote. Um, you can find the Discord on our website. Thanks for playing live. You can also find it on any of our social media handles, TFP Podcasts. That's at TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. And of course, as well, you can choose an email, thanksforgivingpod at gmail.com. And I will personally send you an invite to the uh, podcast, uh, pod- pod- podcast Discord. And I just noticed today, actually, because I'm trying to grow my Twitter presence. I'm, I'm, I'm perking up on Twitter. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> but um, I noticed I have my Twitch as like my website in my, in my bio. And I don't really stream on Twitch anymore. So uh, I think I'm going to be updating that just to the Discord invite for any... Um, any stray kids? That's my favorite K-pop group. Yeah, all right, there that, you uh, go. Happen to find their way to my my Twitter profile. So the other option will be following me on Twitter at Good Idea Matthew to find it. But um, we can get more into that at the outro of the episode. Right. <laughs> I think people are really excited to. Uh, they clicked on the episode because clearly they want to listen to what we're talking about today. Mobas. Mobas. Wow. 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 I um. I have a. a I don't know. I just. <laughs> You hate MOBAs. You just hate... Well, you hate League. You hate I, League. Hate, I hate League. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. You, want, you got anything else to say about that? Well, we'll, we'll uh, I'll let you get into MOBAs, and then I'll give my color commentary on my... Perfect. How I value them <laughs> as a concept. So, so uh, for those of you that don't know, MOBAs are a huge, huge video game genre. Um, they stand for Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. Uh, it's a genre, uh, traditionally a 5v5 online battle arena game uh, with a long story history over the last 20 years um, and remain extremely popular to this day. So games like Smite, uh, League of Legends, Dota, Han, uh, Heroes of the Storm, uh, Paragon, which has been decommissioned, going to talk about that a little bit, um, all remain extremely popular this day. Multiple platforms, millions of players, uh, totally different styles, whether it's a top-down isometric, versus a third person view, um, tons of design space in the genre, although there are you know, great genre conventions that we'll be going over in this episode as well. Uh, in 2018, price pools for MOBA games reached over uh, 60 million US dollars, which accounted for over 40% of the total uh, esports prize pool, uh, which is really, really crazy. In fact, uh, a lot of MOBA game prize pools in the esports world were rivaling prize pools of traditional sports. Uh, so there are two main uh, things that were kind of included in this stat from uh, medium.com. Esports prize pool, esports prize pools in 2018. Um, the League of Legends World Final Finals being uh, just shy of the Stanley Cup prize pool and uh, just a little bit lower, about, about $3 million smaller than the Super Bowl prize pool. Uh, with the International, which is the Dota International uh, Championship, uh, outpacing the U.S. Open for golf in prize pool, the Masters for golf and prize pool, the Super Bowl, and the Stanley Cup, um, and being uh, on on par with the Dubai World Cup night, I did, which I yeah. didn't know. About yeah, that. I don't know what that is, but actually, I'm going to look at it real quick. But yeah, it's pretty remarkable because, you know, I think when you think about MOBAs as well, or excuse me, uh, to the to the layman, or when you're thinking about it in layman terms, I think when people think about esports, 
the first thing they're probably going to think of is, you know, all the screenshots or not screenshots, all just the photos you've seen of league, uh, league arenas, right? I feel like that's yeah. a pretty iconic shot. Just like, you know, massive arenas being filled out and like huge audiences and like at yeah. worlds or whatever it may be. And in a lot of ways, I think MOBA competitive MOBAs esports is kind of the default esport that people think of, you know, like, People aren't going to think of Smash Brothers when they think eSport, unless you're in that niche, obviously. But you're going to think of MOBAs. You're going to think of League. You're going to think of Dota. Um, these massive, massive um, multiplayer online battle arena games. Right, right. I, I think, um, and I, I, we have some more stats we can dive into right here. Um, for 2018 prize pools, uh, Dota 2 was number one with 41.3 million. Uh, half that, uh, in, a, in a very far away second, was CSGO with 22.5. Uh, right behind that in third was Fortnite with a, an even 20 million. And then below that was League of Legends with about 14.1 million in prize pool money um, for esports. Uh, and every, then PUBG, Overwatch, Heroes of the Storm, Hearthstone were, were kind of dragging behind there in the. the Where's uh, where Smash on that? <laughs> Smash is nowhere near the top in, in prize pools whatsoever. Yeah, we got um, League, PUBG, Overwatch. Heroes of the Storm, SC2, uh, COD, uh, yeah. So there, yeah. there's you know there's diversity with the types of games, but overwhelmingly the money you know you There's got Dota place. two and League yeah. with a combined fifty five million in prize. I'm kind of blown away that CS:GO had more than League in 2018. I was I blown away by that. League as well. was either the highest or the second highest. That mm -hmm. said, you know, um, yeah. I mean that's yeah. I'm kind of surprised by that. Um, yeah. That said, though, this was 2018. I'd be very curious to see how this has shifted over time. I'm confident Fortnite is no longer that that high up. Uh, wasn't that <laughs> yeah. Fortnite World Cup in 2018? Is that the, the that may have one? been where that may have been where it came from? I mean, that, I think that might have been like a pretty big peak Fortnite popularity because Fortnite did come in late. Oh, that was 2019. Actually, that was the big so, first World Cup. So. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so about you know a year and a half, two years after Fortnite really really launched. But yeah, I mean, you think about this like Dota 2 and League of Legends. These are older games. CS goes old, but Fortnite's fairly new. PUBG actually like you know ran its course and has totally dived down. Overwatch has already been decommissioned for Overwatch 2. Um, and you know, Starcraft and COD, you know, these things have kind of remained steady, but they're not very high, mm -hmm. but Dota two and league of legends have either been steady or climbed year over year over year with not just prize pool, but also like sponsorships, player popularity teams themselves, like number of teams and like team revenue and things like that. Um, we're looking at total prize pool money here. So this is like the amount of money that a team wins when they win that tournament or win worlds or whatever it is. So we're not counting like individual streamer popularity of League of Legends. We're not counting like challenger level people on Twitch that are just like sponsored by HyperX or, you know, sponsored by, you know, any like Razer or something like that. Um, making money off stream donation, making a whole career off just playing a, a MOBA game like mm -hmm. League or Dota or something like that. So there's plenty of money being made. Uh, for League of Legends and Dota and all these other MOBA games just off of that. So you gotta MOBAs think that, for sure. You got to think League and Dota are like overwhelmingly the biggest ones though, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the next yeah. closest is uh, Heroes of the Storm for the prize pool, uh, for the prize pool metric, which is a third of League of Legends, basically. And, and like, I could you be know, wrong, but I'm pretty sure Heroes of the Storm doesn't even run any, at least any Blizzard official uh, competitions anymore. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. Here's the storm is pretty cool. I'm going to go into that a little bit as well. <laughs> I, uh, when I, when I was interning at blizzard and I saw people were playing it at work and I, I mean, I didn't care to play it. So I just watched sometimes. And I remember I was watching one time and I just told, um, whoever I was watching, I'm like, isn't this just like a worse league of legends? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they gave you like the, and then like, like, he's like, bro, you can't, can't say that that loud here. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> like they were serious, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. That's 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 kind of funny. Uh, I I think uh, you know. It, I'm glad we're kind of touching on like all the other mobas that are out there. You know, here's the storm. Um, Smite's really big. I mentioned them earlier. Dota and League are obviously the the big the big boys for all of them. Um, but each like each developer, each publisher, kind of has their own take on on their MOBA, right? Epic Games tried to get into the MOBA space with Paragon in 2016. Didn't last very long um, after Fortnite kind of came around. Uh, you know, obviously Dota's uh, developed by Valve and that's playable on Steam and, and 
Valve, being a very prestigious developer themselves, kind of has their own flavor and design philosophies thrown into Dota, while League of Legends is developed by Riot, who is slowly becoming a massive, massive player in uh, in the gaming space. And probably, like I've said before, will dominate the next 10 years of gaming as they develop more products and, and, and have more and more games that are integrated. Um, so certainly like MOBAs have, have a huge base. They're, they're a big sort of, uh, bedrock player base for some of these developers, especially your Riot and Valve. I'm really not sure if Riot and Valve would be as big as they are without these flagship games, you know, um, they make a I mean, lot for the of money time, right? they're when big you thought games. about, yeah, for the longest time when you thought about Riot, you just thought about League, you know, I mean, it was only until recently, actually, you know, the past several years, have there been any other anything else to think about other than League with Riot, you know? Yeah. Valorant I mean, now we TFT. Now we got Valorant, TFT, um, Runeterra. 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 And they're working on their project. I think it's Project L and there's another one. I forget what it's called. The fighting game. The fighting game and an MMO. So it can be interesting yeah. to see how that goes through. But yeah, it's kind of remarkable just how, how much it's just kind of defined, like, these companies for one and just kind of gaming in general. Yeah. Yeah. And it really, if you think about MOBAs as a genre, they're like out of all these big names of, of video games and developers that we're talking about, um, you know, we're talking about certain things like, you know, CSGO, Fortnite, PUBG, Overwatch. These are shooters, right? These are just like games where it's, it's a person shooting a gun. It might be third person. It might be first person, but this is an old tried and true formula. It's been around for, you know, almost 40 years now, right? MOBAs are actually like fairly new compared to these video game genres, like truly. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of going into the history a little bit, I actually learned a lot um, that I didn't know about before and sort of how the MOBA genre really like changed over time. Uh, and really the MOBA genre comes from like action, real-time strategy action games, namely StarCraft was actually the very first example. Um, some of you may think or, you know, out there understand that Dota, is actually a Dota 2. So the Dota that we play on Steam that's developed by Valve is technically Dota 2. Dota, the first one, is Defense of the Ancients, and it is a mod of Warcraft 3's Frozen Throne. It was a, is a mini game mod mode that you can play in Warcraft 3 Frozen Throne. Um, so this is, you know, Warcraft 3 Frozen Throne. I, the, the year of release is actually slipping my mind right now, Matt. Maybe you could uh, fact check me here. Um, but that was the game that was the base for the first iteration of Dota itself. Um, and there was actually a precursor to this mode of Warcraft 3. Do you have it? July 3rd, 2002. So 2002 was when we saw Dota, right? Warcraft 3, sorry. Uh, Warcraft 3. Well, that's when Dota was on Warcraft 3. So it right, was like yeah. slightly after that. But there was a game mode of StarCraft that was actually available in a custom game mode. Uh, called Aeon of Strife, uh, which was the precursor to even Dota, Defense of the Ancients, the Warcraft 3 mod. Now, Aeon of Strife was played uh, around the time StarCraft was being played, so, you know, mid to late 90s. Uh, people, you know, you can play war you can play StarCraft, like, in a very competitive game mode or climb a ladder and play ranked games or casual games, what have you. But there was also custom maps and custom game settings that you can play on StarCraft. So there was a mode that came around called Aeon of Strife. And it's really cool. I, I actually used to play this game. I didn't even realize what it was because it's that primitive and it's that far removed from what MOBAs are now. <laughs> um, but if you look up the footage, it's actually really interesting. Like you see towers, uh, you see uh, Zerglings are actually minions. You play as a hero character from the game. So you're a slightly empowered version of like a unit. Uh, you get resources in the form of like minerals for kills. Uh, and you're ultimately trying to kill the enemy's building, right? Uh, which is represented by like a temple that you can uh, that you can destroy. It's very basic. Um, I mean, there's resources in the game. You play as a hero unit. You move around. There's a lot of micro in the game, but there's not like abilities, ultimates, champions, and like teleporting and all this crazy stuff. You're just mm -hmm. a powerful unit. You have solid controls, and you play as that to win the game. You could purchase units in base and eventually destroy the enemy nexus, or I think it was called the temple back then. So Aeon of Strife, extremely popular. Um, and really the precursor to Dota, which then gets created the for Warcraft 3. Yeah, so really interesting as Dota gets created, the RPG elements actually get further refined. And now the heroes uh, that are controlled have different abilities. Uh, we start seeing new weapons get added in there and a shop that gets added and, and sort of 
you know, you can buy this weapon, which leads to this weapon when you get enough resources. And one of the most important aspects of the genre, neutral monsters start showing up in neutral zones outside of lanes. And that is sort of the precursor to the jungle. Um, and when people died, they got hit with a respawn timer and they had to respawn. I don't think there was respawning in Aeon of Strife. So really pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I couldn't find confirmation on that one. Uh, maybe a old Starcraft old head. Wait, could, uh, wait, wait. Tell me how that no one responding. Went. So one and you're done. You were just a big unit and you just like tried to you just fought. I think there might have been healing or something like that, but I, I don't think there was responding in that one. It wasn't like what you're thinking of with a MOBA. It was just a straight up like you're in a lane fighting and you're sending units at each other kind of thing. And there's towers. Gotcha. Yeah. Kind of sounds more like just tower defense. Yeah, it was sort of a tower defense, but you were a unit uh, and you you did like get minions and stuff like that that yeah. just spawned. Uh, and you had a little bit of a base that you could spend your resources on units and stuff like that. But, it, you know, you got to think this is so closely tied, like you're playing an RTS game. So the like the idea of what a MOBA is, isn't even in the player base's mind. You're like you're playing Starcraft and you're like, oh, OK, this is like a fun mode of Starcraft where I'm still a Marine. I'm still like a ghost or a specific unit that's just powered up stronger, which uh, empowered stronger units in Starcraft was actually like something in the campaign, like a, a named character hero oh. in Starcraft was like available in the campaign. Like Jim Rayner is a, you know, character in the Starcraft universe. He's actually in Heroes of the Storm. Uh, Jim Rayner is just a powerful unit. Just a, it's just a, he's a Marine that is stronger than the other Marines in the story mode. So you'd play as him in Aeon of Strife, for instance. Um, and he'd just be like green. He'd just be like a different, different color. <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's kind of very, very primitive. Yeah, very, very <laughs> primitive. You weren't like a hero. You didn't have any crazy design. But with Dota, uh, you did start seeing all that kind of stuff. And, you know, different versions of the mod came out. So there's like version 0.95, version 3.9. And as these different versions come out, the community sort of splits in different directions and says, you know, oh, no, this is the version that we actually like to play versus this version. And then eventually a version comes out called Dota All-Stars which is a version of the game that had all of the characters from the previous versions and sort of was supposed to be the the version to be playing. Uh, they added new heroes over time. The game evolved and became more balanced. And that's when, you know, some of these early Riot and Valve developers started actually picking up the game and playing it themselves and saying like, huh, I, I think we might be able to make this kind of game next, or, you know, I, this is becoming very, very popular. We should definitely enter this space as a standalone game outside of this mod, right? So enter Ice Frog. Uh, Ice Frog is what a, the- What a great name. I just wanna... Yeah, I, I, nobody knows his real name. This is what's so interesting to me. Um, this is probably the, the interesting fact of the, of the episode. Um, Ice Frog well, that, This is leads, like a developer. This is, this is the lead on Dota, on Dota. The current lead of Dota is someone named Ice Frog, and he's never revealed his true identity. That's pretty metal. Yeah, it's super metal. And Ice Frog was uh, a, a main, the main mod behind Dota on Warcraft 3. And uh, Valve hired him to develop Dota 2 for Valve and be a standalone game. Uh, and it was released, and Valve ended up having a legal dispute with Blizzard. And what, it, what the settlement ended up being was, okay, you can use the name Dota, because again, Dota is just a name of a mod on Warcraft 3. Technically, Blizzard can probably argue that they own that, right? Mm -hmm. But they let Valve kind of have the name Dota at, for their standalone game that they were releasing on Steam. And uh, Ice, Ice Frog is the developer today, and d nobody knows their real identity. Um, although Ice Frog did come out and say that they were... Uh, they were born in either 83 or 84 because Ice, Ice Frog had mentioned their age a few years ago and it just sort of placed the, the age at either 83 or 84. So nobody knows. <laughs> I thought they just said that, like yeah. either 83 or 84. You no, <laughs> no. It's, uh, quite, there's, there's, spe there's speculation. Um, there was like a coworker that came out and said that, um, oh, here's this, here's the guy's name. Like here's who Ice Frog is. Although it's never been really fully confirmed or corroborated by Ice Frog uh, himself or possibly herself. Um, so very interesting uh, development cycle on Dota, uh, which was released July 9th, 2013, um, you know, roughly, you know, 10, maybe eight years after the mod has come out and become very popular over the last few years. 
But what's running parallel for all this, and I didn't realize that Dota 2 was released after League of Legends. This actually kind of blew my mind. League of Legends uh, was being developed by Riot Games and was released on October 27, 2009. So really not that long after Warcraft 3, The Frozen Throne, and the Dota mod really, really becomes super popular. Mm -hmm. About six years after that. So League of Legends comes around, obviously takes takes the world by storm. Um, I remember starting to play League when I was about maybe a sophomore in high school, maybe a junior in high school. Uh, and back then, uh, they were the, the champ. That was my my login screen when I first played the game was Lulu. So that was the new champ that was released when I first started playing. Oh. Yeah, and I remember Vintage. when yeah I remember when Jace came out. Um, there it was it was just really interesting how the game has evolved. Uh, since then, I'm sure people that have played League of Legends for a long time can probably see old footage and kind of like freak out about how different the game really looks. And back then, they Riot released a champion every two weeks. It was like that was like part of the sales pitch was like, oh yeah, new champ every two weeks. So like, there's Can they just pumped them out. Imagine how stressful those deadlines would have been. <laughs> Dude, yeah, would have been terrible. Not even just like a new design, a new brand new character, new like, because that's not even just like a one. I mean, that's across multiple teams, like software, like art, art, yeah, combat, everything. Uh, I mean, that's balance, just yeah, kind of a I'm remarkable promise in retrospect. People were probably insanely broken all the time. Yeah. I remember when they started slowing it down. I mean, they release like two champs a year now. It's very, very slowed down. Um, and it's a big deal when they when they release champs. They have a whole design philosophy on champs that I actually want to dive into when I hit uh, game design elements. But uh, League, you know, full transparency here. I've been playing a lot of League. Um, and that's that was the reason Matt, Matt cringes when he hears it. That was the reason why I wanted to actually do this episode was... You know, I've been playing a lot of League myself. I've been grinding, the, I'm climbing the rank ladder a little bit. And uh, I always just get really into League like once a year, I think, since the pandemic, really. I think I got into it in like 2020. <laughs> I was into it last year. Um, I, I want to have another Valorant phase. <laughs> me too. Yeah, we should We should try that again. Neil, Neil, Neil will play Valorant with us. Okay, I'm doing... Guys. I take Fall Guys over League. Wow. Well, they're just so different, though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a uh, Fall Guys like world record on TikTok that kind of blew my mind. It made me want to play. I was like, whoa. Some people are it's insanely fun, good at that game. Get a couple drinks. It's a great way to kill a few hours. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, or you could play League and just feel really shitty um, for a little while, <laughs> which is <laughs> sort of what my nights have been like. But anyway, uh, League uh, releases in 2009, obviously becomes extremely, extremely popular and remains popular this day. At one point was the most played game on the planet or claimed to have had the most signed up accounts, had the most accounts of any video game in the world. Um, who knows how many of those are bots? Um, I think this was around like 2015, 2016, when when that was kind of the the narrative back then. I know they obviously have a, a ton of accounts uh, with League of Legends, but you know, large portion of them could be bots. Large portion could not be active player base, what have you. Pretty, and it's certainly gone down from there. Pretty wild too. It only came out 13 years ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not it's even. Like, it's like it, six and a almost 13, like 12 yeah. months. But Dota it, came out like. Eight years ago, nine years ago, yeah, you know, just because it's so I don't know. I think just like I was mentioning earlier with video games in general and kind of at least the competitive side, you know, League is just so synonymous with esports in my mind that just knowing that it only came out 13 years ago is kind of incredible, you know? Yeah, totally. Then um, there's Paragon. I wanted to touch on that real quick. Um, Epic Games answer to the MOBA genre, uh, released in 2016 and decommissioned uh, less than two years later, which is really sad. Um, I remember there was a lot of buzz for Paragon. Do you remember seeing trailers for it, Matt? No, nah, actually, I never saw anything from it. You know, it's always interesting when um, a company, when, it, when they kind of like position something as the answer to something else, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like Sony doing Killzone for Microsoft's Halo on the PlayStation. Yeah. And then Killzone just didn't quite never just never I played it, you know, and I mean it's cool, but it's just, it's not Halo, right? Yeah. Um never quite reached those in. Actually, I'm looking at some gameplay prior now. It looks like Smite, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a third person MOBA, like mm -hmm. action very action-oriented game. Yeah, it looked cool. You know, it was it was released in 2016, and really I think it just did not get enough popularity for its time. And then it 
it had probably the worst timing. Epic's, Epic released Fortnite's Battle Royale mode a year after Paragon was released. And I mean, Epic basically said every single resource is now going into Fortnite. Uh, Paragon was decommissioned about a year later and all of the assets for Paragon were actually released on the Unreal Engine store and can be used for free now. So oh, that's like, pretty cool. I like that. It, it is cool that they did that, um, you know, kind of. It's kind of cool that the work of the team and the art team and everybody gets to be used in some sort of way. So you do see a lot of Paragon like assets in like games now, which is kind of funny um, just because people are building stuff in the Unreal Engine and you're just going to end up seeing some of that. So that's a little mm -hmm. interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, expensive game, huge game, and it just ended up kind of getting devoured by something that needed higher priority, which was Fortnite BR. Um, so very interesting case there. Uh, you got Smite released March 25th, 2014, which is a third person MOBA. Um, now the, the Smite I think has a pretty large community. I actually knew some people that were really into Smite a few years ago and were like, um, high plat, I think in ranked, uh, maybe even higher than that. I played, uh, uh, I played a little bit of Smite. Oh, you did? Nice. Mm -hmm. I, it's, you can play it on console, which is like, I think one of the big appeals of it is like one of the biggest appeals is that like. You know, you can play it on, you know, PS4 and Xbox or even Switch now, I saw. Um, obviously, we're not playing League of Legends or Dota on that. So I think that they, they're always going to have a niche as a MOBA with that. And I think they just have, have gotten a, a big enough player base to, to keep playing. Yeah, I think I like it a little bit better than League, actually, from what I remember. Yeah, what was your experience playing it? I played it a little bit in college just because it was like one of the only things, you know, my laptop back then could run because I wasn't really doing much gaming in college outside of like small indie stuff. And what, yeah, like I said, whatever my laptop could run because I didn't have any consoles or anything in college. But I just, I, I think just by virtue, and I think I probably, I never played it, but I think I probably would have like Paragon for a lot for this reason too. I think one of the reasons I personally don't care for League that much or like a game like Dota is even though I know you do have a lot of control, it isn't and doesn't feel intuitively like you have a lot of control. You know, you're yeah, not like actually moving around and controlling your individual unit on like a, I mean, you are, but not on like a WASD basis. You know what I mean? You know? Um, so I, I totally like how, know what you mean. I like how in, I mean, it's kind of like the best of both worlds, you know, by virtue of it being a third person game, the way it is, it's almost also like an action game too. You know, it's not just like a really heavy strategy scouting the map um MOBA. It's know, closer to the third person shooter genre than it is to the RTS genre, which I yeah. think is is a huge appeal for Smite and that's I, that's why it's probably always going to have a solid player base and people that that kind of go to it. I think Paragon was trying to hit that uh mistimed their jump and and just it just hasn't really worked. It just didn't work out for that particular Well, it's product, interesting but. too cuz Smite came out before Paragon, so like you would think there would already been an established audience that's interested in that kind of game, but yeah. I have a feeling Paragon was really just a victim of Fortnite's success. Yeah, it comes down maybe. to. Um, or also, Smite already cornered the market on the controller-based third-person, you know, console MOBA. Yeah. Um, and, and Paragon just couldn't grow popular enough in enough time. Um, so that could be a thing, too. But Paragon well, also looked extremely ambitious. It looked Was Paragon huge. on consoles? Um, I... It, it must have been, because it was a place... It was a huge PlayStation push. I think it was like a... Um, a thing that they were showing off in like E3 of 2015 for the PlayStation specific show. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. Windows and then PlayStation four and yeah, officially shut down in 2018. Yeah. Sad. Sad. Very sad. Um, anyway, we got HOTS Heroes of the Storm, which is the Blizzard MOBA. Uh, released June 2nd, 2015. I played a little bit of Heroes of the Storm uh, with Orion, a uh, friend of the pod. And uh Pretty, pretty fun. You know, it's a very streamlined, faster version of League or Dota. There's over 90 playable heroes the now. The games are shorter, right? Games are shorter. There's a lot more diversity. There's actually a ton of different maps, each with a different metagame. The game has remained popular over the years, I think. Um, not, of course, to the level of like Dota or League, but I think it's definitely like a more casual approach to the genre. Um, a lot easier barrier to entry, a lot less toxicity in in because you actually share resources in that game a lot better so the team actually shares experience in heroes of the storm so you can't fall behind like your team falls behind not necessarily you fall behind on experience where in league obviously or dota you're you're gonna fall behind if if you make the wrong moves or die in lane and things like that so each company has sort of developed their own flavor of moba 
Some are facing more on the casual side. I think Dota 2 is a little bit more competitive than League of Legends. Um, I think, you know, Heroes of the Storm is definitely less competitive than League of Legends. And something like Smite definitely has its niche audience carved out with uh, with its style there. So there's, there's sort of a, a way to get in to play this genre for a lot of different players. And I think at this point, if no one's played a MOBA uh, and you're a gamer, I'd be pretty shocked. Um, or at least like toyed a little bit with, Smite or League of Legends, since those are like free to play games. There's a lot of too. mobile options too. Yeah, there is the League of Legends. Um, I haven't played it yet, but the mobile version of um, I think it's called Wild Rift. I think it's a mm. mobile version of of uh, League of Legends. Yeah, so there's there's a ton of mobile games out there too, and I think you know the general uh, business model for the MOBA is a free to play game with skins and a cash shop and things like that. Uh, sometimes champions are locked behind a paywall. So you do have to pay for a character if you want to use them, which obviously nets them a lot of money when they release somebody new or there's an overpowered update to like a, an old hero or champion or what have you. So I think it's it's one of those things where the business model is so it's meant to be as widespread as possible. You're meant to play with as many friends as you can, with as many people as you can. And honestly, getting a five stack in League of Legends was always fun, I'd say, um, even when you, Matt, didn't really like the game so much. It was fun playing on a team-based game with five people. You got yeah, it. I mean, when you have a full stack of your friends, you're not gonna, and no one's like being toxic or anything. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. But yeah. <laughs> otherwise, it's not really a good time. <laughs> yeah. Which brings me to the next topic here about toxicity. Why are MOBA so toxic, Matt? Let's talk about it. I think a lot of it just stems from the virtue of people aren't, at least in League, I can't speak for other MOBAs, I'm not too familiar, but at least in League, for example, there's no voice comms. It's all just text. It's all just right. texts. And it's very easy to like, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to say mean words over the, over the voice comms anonymously, right? It's even easier to type mean words and hurtful things <laughs> over, uh, than it is to say them right. So I think it just gives a lot of anonymity and the, just the ease of how easy, just how easy it is simply to be toxic. And especially in a game like League where, you know, individual or not individual, um, team cooperation, the team as a unit is so important. Like, you know, if you're playing Call of Duty and, you know, you have one guy that's carrying you absolutely super hard in team deathmatch, yeah. you know, 80 kills, two deaths or whatever, like the rest of your team can lag. That's fine. You know, if you're playing a game like League and your bot lane is just getting absolutely thrashed and doing no work, the the top three, you know, the other players are going to suffer and you're probably going to lose the game. Right, right. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think it's a combination of, like you said, like the voice, the, the comms thing is very different. Like there is a voice chat in League, but no one uses it. It's just, you're always oh, just going to really? be a text chat. Yeah, there is, but people don't use it. It's not like... You know, culturally, if you're not on comms in Valorant or CSGO, like you're that's that's trash. Like you need to be on comms. It's like when someone's not on comms, it's weird, you know, so there's definitely like and, and when you're on comms in Valorant, like I do really remember moments where you'd actually riff with people like your teammates could be kind of shitty and toxic. Obviously, they're going to be shitty and toxic teammates. But there was also like a lot of funny guys that were like, oh, fam, like, what the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> it was sometimes like really like riffy and fun. And like you talk we shit on people. We were playing with a guy once in Valorant and he had a fucking like auto tune filter. That on was amazing. <laughs> yeah, Travis Scott auto tune is incredible. Yeah, that was that was awesome. And like. You know, maybe he could have been said a few toxic things or been kind of shitty, but like, whatever. I mean, ultimately, the the thing, him being on voice comms made it more fun and entertaining regardless, right? And yeah. you're just never going to get that in a MOBA setting. You're just going to get a bunch of keyboard warriors typing. And when I mean keyboard warrior, like, it's different on a voice chat versus a text chat. And you're, you're held less accountable for your actions, I think, in a text-based communication than a voice-based communication. I think the thing that I struggle with too, and just by inherently the nature of it being text-based too, is it just feels so even competitive. I mean, I've played ranked Valorant with randoms and I've played ranked League with randoms and League just feels 
like your butthole is just so much tighter the whole time. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Your butthole's tight. You're stressed. Everyone's on edge. My fucking promos, brother. Uh, <laughs> um, and I mean, there's like that kind of stuff in League too, or, or excuse me, Valorant, which is fine, but I don't it's know. It's just different. It's just the culture is just way sweatier. Yeah, for sure. I, I think there's a few more things I, I, I do want to mention here, which is time invested as well. And, um, the impact of your actions on others. Uh, so, you know, MOBAs require a lot of investment of time to learn for one. I, I think you can kind of give everyone a, a mouse and keyboard and they can play Valorant. It's gonna take them a long time to get good at Valorant. It's gonna take them a little while to like learn the, the characters and what they do, but they'll be able to play the game and move around. I think League or Dota or any of these other MOBAs, you know, just moving, clicking buttons and like kind of figuring out how to navigate the map is going to be one learning curve because it's unlike most games they've played. Uh, so you spend a lot of time learning the game. You spend a lot of time in the games. And the longer you spend in something only to lose, the worse you feel and therefore the more toxic you become, right? If you and I jump into a three-man game of Apex, it's like five, 10 minutes, we die, we loot, we die. Who, who gives a shit? It was five minutes, mm -hmm. right? And plus there's only three of us and so, you know, two thirds of the team were, is just two friends trying to have fun, right? Like in League, if you're playing a ranked game there, you are, you know, spending 40 to 45 minutes in a game. Uh, every single action that you do affects four other people on your team and therefore affects the result of if their 45 minutes are going to be worth it. So every single moment that you are playing League, uh, you are in the back of your head thinking about if this is worth your time. Uh, like if, okay, like what that guy did is gonna make us lose. Therefore, this game, this whole game's a fucking waste of my time. <laughs> like, that's ultimately the thought that I think is hitting MOBA players and what causes frustration and toxicity. Um, you know, I, I, I can't say I'm a perfect player. I definitely like am not reportable. Like, I'm not calling people slurs or like you know putting people down actively. But like, definitely hit people with the question marks when they do some dumb plays. Like, <laughs> definitely, definitely spam ping some people when they're being stupid or they need to back away. So, you know, I get it um, to a certain degree, although like like one guy I was playing with earlier, I was like bot lane and like he was going, he was diving like three people under tower, then calling me a pussy for not doing that. And it's like, <laughs> okay, okay, dude, like man, man's goes like three V one under dragon gets killed and calls the entire team a pussy or pussies. It's like, okay, yeah, that's not great. great. Not yeah, <laughs> so I get it. Um, all right. Now, I guess I wanted to go into like for me what what i really like about the genre and and why i'm a fan um now i i watch i don't really watch league of legends i like it when it's on um, i don't seek out competitive league of legends but like i here and there have like watched competition with friends and in fact um in this last vegas trip with the boys uh, a league of legends game was on and we had a drink and we're watching a competitive league game and we literally sat there for 30 minutes and it was awesome uh, and I think it's just the incredible like complexity is so interesting to watch. There, there's always like really great plays at a professional level. There's these micro and macro games that are really fun to watch. And there's just so much strategy in the game. Uh, it's it's very deep. So many like there's so many different arguments for if something's a good play, right? Mm -hmm. Like in 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 any traditional competitive game, it's like oh he killed the team. That was the play. They won the round, right? Where in League, it's like, okay, they lost the skirmish, but they got Dragon and they took a tower top, but they lost mid. And like, you can kind of make certain arguments of like, okay, this particular event that happened in the game may or may not have been the right choice. It's probably generally agreed that it is the good, a good thing to happen. But there's always like an answer or a counter argument to like, okay, well, now the team can kind of counter by, you know, setting up in this sort of way. Uh, sending this, you know, it's it's always like an it's argument. A it's a sport. Yeah, exactly. And you find that in like in other games, it's like, okay, you know, a man on, you know, in baseball, a man on first is generally good, but it also sets up a double play. So is it good, right? You know, how do you avoid that? How do you make, how do you turn that? What does he do? You know, how do you counter? It's like, there's always a very interesting dynamic of play and counterplay. And I think that MOBAs really offer that in a really super super large design space you could see it in champion select you see it in counter picks you see it in the way people build their characters with like runes or summoner spells and you see it in the gameplay itself and the decisions that get made by the team um so i love that stuff uh i mean i i think it's always fun to to be a part of of good decisions that get made good trades 
taking objectives, but uh, it's always going to be shitty to lose. Uh, always going to be shitty to lose. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I, I can't speak to this because I don't love MOBAs, but <laughs> I can appreciate the depth they bring. You know, I I definitely understand like the Mac, I don't understand, but I can sympathize with the macro and the micro levels of the game where how you do one thing will apply pressure in a certain way or, you know, how just like positional stuff like that is so important because, I mean, I think that's the reason, you know, like a lot of people like, I mean, like why people are watching actual sports like baseball, you know, or like it's kind of like like when I watch a soccer game with you, it's like you're not really seeing like the little micro things. Right. But like that's what I can see, you know, and like right. oh, I can see how this guy being positioned two meters to the right instead of two meters to the left actually shut down three different plays just by him, virtue of him standing there, you know. Yeah. So I can definitely cool. under I can definitely understand the appeal of that with League Two where it's like, oh, maybe my mid lane holding off just for one second longer or actually standing next to these group of minions instead of these group of minions or whatever it might be led to this potential play versus like a potential right. loss you know right. like, like imagine that. if imagine if pepio could teleport right yeah now yeah. you're playing lead now now that's now it's a moba you know a MOBA. imagine yeah. if he imagine he hits level six and just completely kills the the keep you know it's like <laughs> it's, 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 it's what could go on with soccer if we if we have when we evolve past what we Who'd have. Who'd you now. say, Pepe? Isn't Pepeo a player on the U.S. team? Ricardo Pepe, not Pepeo. <laughs> Damn it! Is there a Pepeo, or am I? Com oh, Pepeo's a pitcher. Okay, Pepe. There we go. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of what I got for MOBAs. Um, you know, I just wanted to let everybody know about you know my personal thoughts on the genre, a little bit of the history of it, and definitely a topic that I I didn't know as much about. I think everybody's played a MOBA, like I said earlier, but it's like to really dive into the history was was really interesting for sure. Yeah, you know, it's um, I still think pretty much the only time I'll play is if I'm bot lane with you, but yep. uh, you know, uh, for what it is. MOBAs are, their influence is undeniable whether you like them or not. Yeah. Um, and they're an important part of gaming culture. Yeah. And like I said, you know, Riot, which is now expanding into tons of different game genres, uh, you know, card games and uh, obviously MOBAs and fighting games very soon, MMOs. I mean, their flagship product is League of Legends, which is a MOBA that has that really took over the world. Um, maybe not has as much like share of the gamer base as it once had, but certainly, certainly makes them a ton of money. Uh, every oh, yeah. single year. So, you know, I, it's it's you, you also got to think about the things that it provides. Like you love TFT and TFT simply would not exist if it wasn't for the success of, of League of Legends. Right. And there's going to be a lot of examples like that. Like Riot could like create the next game that you end up loving. Maybe it starts going into single player game development in some sort of way and, and generates amazing other products that we love. Um, and Valve, I mean, with Dota, Valve has made a lot of games that we really love. You yeah. know, it's made Portal, it's made Left 4 Dead, and you know, those games did come out before Dota. But you know, Dota is is, is a large uh, cash cow for them, which sustains them very very well. Um, so yeah, a uh, lot of lot of really good stuff to hear about, and a uh, lot of good stuff to learn about. Oh, that's sorry. <laughs> yeah, man. Um... Yeah, I, I, and I, I don't see like this domination slowing down either. You know, I, I think we can expect the MOBA domination to continue and the MOBA, the MOBA relevancy to continue in the future as well. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And uh, if you guys out there uh, want to talk to us about MOBAs, do you love them? Do you hate them? Do you play them? Do you grind out that ranked ladder to get to uh, to gold to plat? Uh, tell us about it in the Discord, Matt. I think we got to remind them where they can find the Discord. Yes, everyone. Uh, if you'd like to join the Discord, you can find it in the link tree on any of our social media links. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at TFP Podcasts. That's at TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. And as well, uh, you can also shoot us an email at linksplayingpod at gmail.com with any feedback, comments, questions, concerns you may have. And I'll also personally send you a link to the Discord. Um, as well, you can also find it on our website, thanksforplaying.live. And on that website as well, you can find a lovely photo of both Lucas and myself doing these signature esports foes, foes, pose, pose. with our <laughs> arms crossed, slightly hunched, with 
just the little cheekiest little smirks on our face. It's really delightful, <laughs> actually. Yeah. And you can also um, find your good buddy Matt on Twitter at Good Idea Matthew. And I will be adding actually the Discord invite link to my bio. So you can have that to look forward if you want an easy way to to find it. And uh, Lucas, where can the lovely people find you? Uh, you could find me uh, betting at uh, the betting at the sports book on League of Legends uh, results, or you could find me on Instagram at Good Idea Lucas. You could also find me on the Discord server as well. Um, hey, maybe we uh, you know I've been talking about playing Magic with some people. Maybe we play Magic. Maybe we play League. Uh, what have you? What I do know is uh, MOBAs are here to stay, and uh, the betting industry around it is only getting bigger. The competition is only getting stronger. People are getting better at the game. Um, and it is quite a fun thing to watch for those of you that want something fun to watch. Yes, love it. And uh, everyone, as a reminder as well, you know, if you haven't already, tell a friend about the podcast if you enjoyed listening. Leave a review on Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Help us spread the wonderful wor word. My words are struggling today, <laughs> dude. I don't know what it is, but that's okay. Uh, all, right, all, right, eh. all right, everyone. This has been Thanks for Playing. Catch you next time. Skibbity bop. Thanks for Playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna, and our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Royal Call Bunch and Red Circle 